You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop, the podcast that's a little bit of everything with a K-Pop twist. From pop culture critiques to the history of K-Pop to interviews with people in the K-Pop industry and K-Pop artists themselves, to concert and album reviews, to a deep dive into the discographies of different K-pop artists, to K-pop news updates, to stories about the music industry more broadly. This show tries to cover everything about K-pop and K-pop as it applies to the larger music and concert scenes. Visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com for more information about the show. That's 17-C-A-R-A-T-K-P-O-P-W-E-E-B-L-Y.C-O-M. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop. Today on the show, we are going to talk about everything in the Stay Tuned segment of the show, broader things having to do with the music and concert industry as of late. First of all, an online concert recap of what happened in December and what to mark your calendars for in January. Somi had a show, which I love this so much, was called So Malone, and it was out December 23rd. That was awesome. A-Pink had a show December 27th. December 30th and 31st, there was this online performance sponsored by Korean's, Korea's Ministry of Culture, Sports, and Tourism. That was a cool 360-degree VR camera experience of a show with NCT Dream and Pentagon and Elris. They even had rehearsal and pre-show footage you could watch in 360 degrees for that online event. January 13th is going to be the 10th Gown Chart Music Awards. There won't be any performances or audience this year, but there will be acceptance speeches and, of course, the announcements of the winners. January 16th is when the Bibania TV Music Festival is happening. It's usually not online, but will be this year. The lineup, as of recording time, includes one to-be-announced artist, as well as Monsta X, AB6, Rocket Punch, and Itzy. Suzy has an online concert January 23rd, which is a rescheduled date, actually. So it may be rescheduled again, depending on how much the COVID surge continues in South Korea. Same for Blackpink. They have an online fan sign, or did, as of the time this episode comes out, January 5th. And their virtual concert was postponed for the 31st because, and that's one is actually for paying YouTube subscribers only, by the way, and their January 31st show, it had to be postponed due to the pandemic. They can't have a cast and crew working on the show. Right now with the surge, they would be, they can't have that many people in one room at once. So due to those social distancing regulations, they just decided to move the show for the safety of all involved. SF9 will hold their online fan meeting January 24th. Baekhyun's Beyond Live concert got 110,000 viewers from 120 countries. Lastly, P1 Harmony has their first online fan meeting ever January 10th. NCT 2020, all of the subunits came together for a show through the Beyond Live platform, except for Taeyeon, who sat that out due to his injury. What I found interesting are the comparisons based on the subunit shows and the other shows. So Super M, a group that is including members from other groups coming together, so a mega group, what they they call themselves the Avengers of K-pop, that show only got 75,000 viewers from 109 countries. This one with NCT got 200,000 viewers from 124 countries, way more, and I just thought that was really interesting. Also interesting is that NCT Dream got viewers from 107 countries, and NCT 127 had 129 countries streaming. So NCT Dream, 107. NCT 2020, all the subunits, 124. 
but then NCT-127 subunit 129, so even more. Elsewhere in the virtual concert space, VLive just reached 100 million global downloads. And remember that VLive is owned by Naver, and remember, Naver just got investments recently from Big Hit, JYP, ENYG Entertainment. So expect big things from that company this year. They're also trying to, for the third time, break into the Japanese search engine market. So third time's a charm, I guess. But there may be a lot more in store for that company and therefore VLive and the other apps it owns in this year. Also, PSA, Weavers, the smart TV app is now available for Weavers content. So on your big screen, you can watch Weavers episodes of Run BTS and things like that for Weavers affiliated artists. For right now, it's only available for those with a Samsung TV from 2018 or later. It's also going to have though LG smart TV and Android TV compatibility very soon. And it can play content at multiple devices at one time. Although it sounds like the actual playback, like, video-on-demand feature can only stay on one device, but you can still simultaneously watch it through several. It's just one device can save the file in a way. Go to Sam If you want more information, you go to Samsung Smart TV Apps section, click Download, and then go to the Weavers app and open it through that. The virtual concert space is going to continue to be, we need to continue to rely on it and develop it for the foreseeable future because as much as we want live music to come back sooner rather than later, it looks like that's going to take a very long time. So here's the latest on the live concert scene. In 2020, the global concert business lost $9.7 billion in ticket sales alone. They also lost $30 billion in sponsorships and merch and the way, other ways they make money. But alone, just looking at ticket sales, the global concert scene lost $9.7 billion in 2020 alone. And really in March to, March to December alone because there were still some concerts happening in January and February last year before everything really became so real with the virus spread. Rolling Stone talked to a variety of booking agents and managers, etc., and they heard these common refrains about the future of the concert industry and how it's not like it's going to it, it's not dead yet. They're still they're going it's going to be revived, but it's going to take some time and will be a bit gradual. It sounds like the general consensus among these booking agents is that a lot of artists are going to test the waters more at first. They're going to start with some one-off concerts or shorter tour lengths, more um, more close-to-home tours, smaller venues or just smaller crowds in general that can spread out, a lot of outdoor shows, a lot of smaller and shorter stuff, limited capacity in venues, things like that. And it won't just go to a full-fledged, full-concert scene yet. But there are a lot of problems that need to be kept in mind right now because it's not as easy as just saying, oh, let's do a socially distanced event and get back out there. Because first of all, a lot of the artists and agency revenue comes from merchandise, tickets, things like that. But the revenue for the actual venues, a lot of that comes from food, drinks, and things you buy at the actual event location. So as much as you can have a virtual event that brings in money for the crew and the artist, when you even when you have that event in person, people aren't going to be buying food and drink and stuff. They're going to be wearing masks. There are going to be limits on food and drink and things like that. So the venues will still not be financially as supported as you might think they would when concerts come back. Second thing related to that is that 
some of these venues have already closed their doors for good. There may be a lack of places to tour overall because lots of small venues have had to shut their doors. They just couldn't make any more money and didn't get a bailout from the government in time. And so when artists want to tour again, sometimes there's just nowhere to tour. Also related to that is the issue with competition. Because there's going to be competition for venues that is fiercer than you could imagine among artists trying to vie for your attention because people have less expendable income due to the recession caused by the pandemic and they have to choose more carefully which shows they go to. They also just need to, the artists need to choose among themselves and vie for attention. There are certain times that people will eye for example, a lot of people want to have the Saturday night show that a lot of people can go to as opposed to a weeknight show, but that option will not be available as easily because every artist wants that now. So expect fall of 2021 to have every artist ever trying to book events and a lot of venues not having anything to offer them because they're all booked up. Lastly, a big problem that will take some time to figure out what to do about is that Concerts are not profitable just because they happen. They have to have a certain capacity in the venue for it to be actually making a profit. Even 80% capacity at a lot of music venues is not enough to recoup finances from a show. So expect for sure, for a long time now, we will not see big concerts with big light shows and fireworks displays and all of the confetti. Like Expect it to be a lot more low-key and low-budget going forward. The concert industry is allegedly looking at what the NBA decides to do with rapid tests at the doors and seating at 50% 50, 50 capacity. That was the original plan for the NBA, but it was struck down actually before it could ever happen. But that plan was being eyed as something that could be mim mimicked for the concert world. And that will continue to be the case. So although that plan didn't work out for the NBA, the music industry does sound like they want to still use sporting events as a, a key to decide what they can do for concerts going forward, what will work and what will be approved of as a plan. So they're looking at those sports for ideas. And so whatever you see in terms of who's at a football game, for example, may give hints as to the, the health measures and precautions that will be carried out by the live music scene. Warner Music's executive was predicting the other day that the industry is going to bounce back with this roaring 20s feel to it. Because the Roaring Twenties, just a quick reminder, is after World War I, people were so beaten down. But then after the war ended, people were so jovial and ready to go out and party and let loose. And that's what they did throughout the 20s. That's why the, that was viewed as the peak flapper era, etc. And so he predicts that we will have a Roaring Twenties of the post-pandemic world where everyone wants to go out and, you know, spend all their money and go out to clubs and stuff. And so we may have that with concerts, actually, where there is no problem getting people to go to your shows. Even if they seem to have less disposable income, they will be more willing to throw it away and say you only live once than they ever were before. Help is also on the way in the form of some help from Congress in the USA. Our Congress basically didn't provide tons of aid, or did, but then they suddenly didn't for months and months and months. And now they finally did again $600 checks to some people. And it, long story short, it feels like it's been quite a long time where we're like, what are you guys doing in Congress? And so anyway, there are a lot of bills folded into this stimulus package. And so the bills could be kind of random, which is so interesting to me because when they're ready to pass a legislation that people desperately need for stimulus payments, for payments they need to survive, really, then, of course, they need 
to just pass it. So what are they going to do? You know, I'll vote no. No. So when they know that a law can pass, when a package can pass, then everyone is ready to throw in everything they want in there because they know they can get it through. So why not? So a bunch of irrelevant bills were thrown into this act, but some that are less um, irrelevant and really important, like the Save Our Stages Act. So, long story short, one of the bills in the stimulus package that doesn't have to do with giving payments to Americans, but is super important still, is the Save Our Stages Act, which has $15 billion then earmarked in this legislation for the entertainment industry. The focus is supposed to be on independent venues that are struggling to get by without paychecks, and this money should go to those struggling venues to keep them open. There were a lot of interesting things there. It's over 3,000 pages that are actually just dedicated to these miscellaneous causes out of the whole 5,000-ish page document. Over 3,000 are dedicated to random stuff. And just to give you some highlights, because you can read it all online. The text is free to access online, but the Congress threw in a lot of random stuff here. Someone threw in there a bill that allows for tax deductions on quote three martini lunches so if you specifically have three martinis that's supposed I don't know if that's supposed to be like a metaphor or literal but there you go there is a clarification in there for Tibetans to choose the successor of the Dalai Lama they officially have that right through this stimulus bill it's all really random the horse racing integrity and safety act was upheld through this so it officially there's all this text in there that defines jockey and the equine industry representatives and basically it defines all these terms to clarify who gets certain rights and it basically has to do with watchdog committees that now can be set up against doping in horse racing events. There's also a piece in there that repeals a law that previously banned people from using Smokey Bear's image. There's a bill in there about how e-cigarettes and vaping products cannot be mailed that is not allowed anymore. It is incredibly random, but it has a lot in there, and the good news is that the Save Our Stages Act was one of the things thrown in there. So regardless of all the other stuff, at least the independent venues are getting a financial lifeline here. But if that financial lifeline is not enough for some venues, it's time for the recurring segment of the show where I get on my soapbox and have a Shark Tank-style pitch about a super out-there idea for how a company can make money. Singapore had this tourist attraction set up for the holiday season where you could actually spend a night in the airport. You didn't have to actually get a ticket to fly somewhere. You could just spend the night in the airport for a glamping experience, a big glam camping experience where you slept in a tent and you could be free to roam the airport all night. That's a lot of walking, so you're welcome to your Fitbit. It was a chance for people to see all the Christmas decor and lights throughout the building. Singapore has this climate-controlled garden inside their airport. So that makes for an extra interesting display. So you're not just paying for the glamping tent experience, but you're also paying for the almost like going to a botanical garden. You're paying that fee. You can also have these picnic-style meals provided to you. You could sleep in a queen-size bed in the tents. So a very big luxury camping indoors experience during the holiday season. So if your kid really wanted to go see Christmas lights, all of those options were available within this airport. And the event did sell out quickly. It was a big hit this year. So my pitch here is that would any K-pop fans be into some sort of thing like this happening that was K-pop related? Or maybe not at an airport, but somewhere like a K-Con 
What if there was just an overnight kind of KCON style thing where you could glamp so you'd be in these tents in a building for KCON and you could spend the whole night walking around looking at Fian's artwork displayed on the walls, uh, listening to K-pop music on the loudspeakers, you know, playing playing dance games, going along with copying K-pop dance moves, K-pop sing-alongs you could have, you could walk around and buy different merch. Just a thought, what if there was the K-Con experience without the artist actually appearing? Would you still go? I would argue it would be still a lot of fun. You could trade photo cards too, that's always a big bonus of interacting with other fans at those events. Just a thought, just throwing that out there, maybe there's something there. But again, I'm a fan of big out there ideas, so just why not pitch it here? <laughs> My last story for you today is about Ticketmaster's legal woes. Ticketmaster has been in a lawsuit for a while now and officially lost the lawsuit, so they will have to pay a $10 million fine. They admitted that they illegally accessed information from the competition, from the competing ticket seller sites. So they have five counts against them now, computer intrusion in furtherance of fraud, wire fraud, wire fraud conspiracy, conspiracy to commit computer intrusion, and computer intrusion of a protected computer. What happened was this former employee of a Ticketmaster rival company used to work for a different company, but then moved and started working for Ticketmaster. And when this employee started working at Ticketmaster, they brought with them private information from the rival company. So Ticketmaster then had access to all of these internal data that could help them figure out how to beat that competition because they got insider secrets, essentially. This employee was terminated back in 2017, just for the record, though, and pled guilty in Brooklyn Federal Court in 2019. But the sentence has still been delayed. Bottom line is that Ticketmaster has to pay up, and then now is probably realizing they don't want to have to pay $10 million again going forward, and probably won't be using that insider information anymore. So how that will affect actual consumers remains to be seen, but my prediction would be that we would not know because we already didn't really know how they would use insider data to further further change the algorithms about what shows you want to buy tickets for, all of that stuff. And so we may not feel a change at all in our ticket buying, but if any change we feel, it will probably be easier because there won't be that, they won't be sl be slowing traffic to different sites, they won't be, I'm not explaining this right, but basically they no longer have a leg up that's unfair on the competition in certain ways. So although this lawsuit is not the ultimate remedy, it is a way for the playing field to be leveled so that your ticket buying experience won't be any worse on other sites compared to Ticketmaster anymore. Hopefully that makes sense. But it was just an interesting development in the concert scene that I found very interesting, especially given the moment we're living in. It just feels like, wow, if this concert industry, as if it needed another headache right now. Before I go, I have a couple big Seventeen announcements and reminders for you. First of all, Seventeen just announced their virtual concert is coming January 23rd through Weavers for paid subscribers. There, it doesn't sound like there will be a video on demand download option after the show, so a one-night only event with multi-viewing cameras and all of that stuff that Weavers has in their shows. It's called the Incomplete Again incomplete show in hyphen complete that's the title of this concert going with their punctuation galore theme of 17's work lately the tickets are available from january 7th 4 p.m korean time 
all the way up until January 23rd. You can still purchase tickets as long as they last. And the show is January 23rd, 6 p.m. Korean time, which is 4 a.m. Chicago time. And also keep in mind that the tickets that are available at 4 p.m. Korean time, January 7th, that would be 2 a.m. Chicago time. So not ideal, but anything for 17, right? Lastly, please remember to set an alarm and get ready for tonight because Seventeen will be performing for the first time on The Late Late Show with James Corden, and I'm so excited for them. So tonight, Late Late Show, tomorrow, tickets on sale for the virtual show, and then the virtual show is January 23rd. There will probably be more Seventeen announcements and things to look forward to in the coming weeks just because it's Seventeen and they never stop. So very excited for all of this. Thank you for listening to today's show. Don't forget to check out the show tonight from 17. And thank you all for listening. I will see you tomorrow and keep the subject of tomorrow's episode a surprise. But I will see you all then.